you're talking about taking arch skills to the next level, a coach can definitely help you with that. I've been teaching archery for over 25 years. I'm offering a free 50-minute consultation call. Anybody that would like one, please fill out the form. I'll leave a link in the description so we can get to know you a little better and see if I can help you in your archery skills. Welcome to Archery Talk 101 podcast, your guide to better archery skills. We'll bring you the latest tips, tricks, and expert advice, but that's not all. We'll also have interviews with top archers and industry professionals and reviews of the latest gear and equipment and much more. Got it. Okay. Archery can be a hypnotic sport. Hey, my name is Roy Campuri, and I'm your host today on Archer Talk 101. And we have a hypnotist on here, uh, Joe, going to be our guest on our show, going to talk about how that can help you with some of your problems in archery. Hi, Joe. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Roy. How are you? Doing great. Yeah, I'd like to go ahead and introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about yourself and, uh, you know, your journey um, and what you're doing. Oh, my, my, my name is Joe Crisanti. I am a board certified hypnotist, a level three archery coach, and I used to compete, but my health is keeping me away from competing now. So um, been in this sport. I guess I started when I was 14. I'm 58 now. You can do the math. Um, so uh, it's been quite a while. I got into hypnosis actually because of archery. Uh, we had a giant, a really good sized program, Joad program here in, in New Jersey. And our Joad program, we would see about 70 kids a weekend. And what I was noticing is we, would, we, had, we had the numbers. But the kids that stuck to it, it was very small percentage, you know, that really, really stuck to it. And I was, I was really curious about that. And, you know, we would help people buy their first bows and everything for their children and everything. And they, you know, when the kids gave up, they would, the parents would be like, can you sell my bow? And then I always asked them, why, why does Johnny or Susie quit? Why does she not want to, he not want to do it anymore? And a lot of the comments I got back from them was, oh, it just got too hard, you know? And so I, that was really curious. That really spiked my curiosity. I'm like, okay, why is it getting too hard? Why is it getting too hard? And what I found out was once the kids got their shot down enough where they didn't have to think about it. So once it became maybe 70% subconscious, all the junk in their subconscious would surface and they would feel these feelings, you know, they would feel, you know, if they were anxious, they would feel that. If they were impatient, that would show up. If they had low self-esteem, that would show up. Um, all these little, what you might call character traits of people, which I don't believe in character traits, but um, these things would show up and surface and get basically in their way. And uh, what I found, I was so I, I didn't know what to do or how to handle that. So I was coaching with maybe five or six other guys. And, you know, we'd sit down and talk about it. And all their input was, oh, they just got to work through it. They got to keep pushing. We got to keep them motivated and all this other stuff. And I said, no, nah, there's got to be something else to this. So what I found was the subconscious was getting in the way of their shot. And then what happened was archery lost its fun. It wasn't fun anymore. And 
Uh, so that's what led me into hypnosis because it's literally the subconscious, you know, that's doing this and I needed to, a way to address it. So that's how I actually got started in this. And then one thing led to another. Now I'm a, now I'm a full-time hypnotist and I do this for everybody, not just archery. I initially just started it out to get a better understanding of the mental game and how to help these people with with their issues. And it's not just kids, it's at all ages. I get calls from people that say, I've had target panic for 20 years. Now that's a person who loves the sport if they're having an arduous time for 20 years and they're still in it, right? And right. We, we get into it, we get into it. And what I found out is like target panic or any kind of competition pressure or competition anxiety it's it's not from shooting a bow you don't get target panic from shooting a bow it already exists in your subconscious and the bow brings it to the surface okay so if you're a little bit anxious and then all of a sudden you're you're you got a compound in your hand you might be punching that that release you know that anxiety may make you fire that off as soon as you see yellow or white or whatever you're shooting at or 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 an animal you know you know and you jump on that trigger and then we all know that that usually doesn't work out when you jump on the trigger you know no. so no it usually doesn't end well so so um but why do you jump on the trigger is the question okay and what i found out is most most definitely it's the pre-existing stuff in your mind that the bow brings to the surface. But you have to understand archery is about self-mastery. You master the the you master your phys the physicality of it, you master the bow, and then you have to master your mind. Okay. The mental game is the end, you know, and most people can get the you know good form down and they can shoot pretty well. But the mental side of it is where the crowd begins to separate, you know, only a certain group that, you know, if you look at all the, if you look at all the competitive archers, there's a handful of them just trading off, you know, first, first, second, third place, you know, it's the same people up there all the time. And it's not necessarily that they have a strong mental game, but they might have a, they might've just not come across in their past problems that are leading to uh, some kind of target panic situation. So often it's just a matter of how you grew up and your surroundings, whether you had an overbearing parent, whether you had an older sibling that was always saying, you're doing it wrong. You know, I've had, I've had all these, all these scenarios or, or just, you know, your first your first engagement with competition. You know, the little kid goes out for his first baseball game and all his parents show up and all his relatives show up and everybody's watching him to, and he really wants to do well and he strikes out, you know? And, and in that moment, he's creating all this anxiety. Well, in the sub, if, if, that's, if that gets absorbed into his subconscious, that's always going to be there. And then when he gets into a uh, competition as an adult, that stuff so shows back up. So, 
So anyway, you know, basically uh, most, I don't make you a better archer. I just bring the better archer out in you by clearing away all the things that steal your focus. If you feel anxious, that's stealing your focus and that's less focus for your shot. So when we, when we get into it and we begin to offload all these things, all of a sudden your focus begins to improve because you don't have to manage that emotion that you're feeling with, dealing with, you know? You don't have to manage it. If you don't have to manage it, then you don't have to uh, engage a system to manage it. A lot, of the, a lot of the fixes out there, and some of them work, a lot of the fixes out there are all about managing what's in your mind. What, what I'm trying to do is just offload all the stuff that is in your mind so you don't have to manage it. So it just makes it much easier and it kind of brings you back to the beginning when you could really enjoy the sport before all that stuff got in the way. So that's pretty much what I do. Yeah, we can we can teach you the form where you have really good form and consistent form, but you know, when your mind gets in the way, you know, all that goes away. You know, it's like as much as I shoot, there's one time I was out there and a deer comes by and I drew back on it, completely missed it. I said, what's wrong? I, I know the technique, you know, but for some reason I forgot to find the pin and aim. You know, right. just just that mental, you know, lapse of mental thing. It's I didn't have the, you know, something in my mind just kind of told me, you know, didn't allow me to aim. I just point and shoot. Right. And of course I completely missed. Yeah. And that can happen, you know, hunting, if you think about it, you know, you got one shot usually, you know, usually don't get a second shot on an animal, you know? No. You got one arrow and not only you have one arrow, you've been waiting for three days to shoot that one arrow, all right? So right. there's a lot, there's a lot, there's a lot of anticipatory anxiety behind that. It's like, yeah, you're waiting, you're waiting, you're waiting. And then that deer shows up and your adrenaline, bam, jumps, right? Your adrenaline, all that adrenaline rush hits you. And if you're not, capable of handling that what happens is it overwhelms your brain and you, you shut off for a second and then the shot's gone and the animal's gone and you're like what happened but it, yeah it's just because your brain got overloaded you know your brain got overloaded just for that split second and uh you know that's what they call that buck fever right so so uh that happens. So you got to like really practice to be really cool and collected in those moments. But if you have a trigger that doesn't let you do that in those moments, you're not, you're going to have a lot of trouble doing it. So, you know, there's calm, there's, you can be very calm in stressful situations, but you, you know, if there's something triggering you, you know, and it, it could be a, an old story, an old story, like, uh, you know, an old hunting, if you started hunting with your dad, and if your dad was like a person that wanted to make you tough and was hard on you, you know, that stuff comes flooding back in those moments. So it's actually pretty, pretty interesting, though, the subconscious mind doesn't have doesn't recognize time at all. The conscious mind recognizes time as one o'clock, two o'clock, three o'clock, right? subconscious everything's happening at the same time so if you're 58 you can be eight years old and 58 at the same time in your subconscious so if you had a moment when you were eight 
you're reliving that moment or, or experiencing that moment right there like you were eight years old. So it's just as big, it's just as intense. And that's often where all of, you know, the, the uh, competition pressure. Okay, let's talk about competition pressure. You know, every, every announcer comes up to the person, oh, you feel the pressure, they're holding the mic. Did you feel that pressure? You know, and where does the pressure come from? There's no machine that they turn on to crank up the pressure right? It's all, it's all self-induced. You make your own pressure. So if you can make it, you can turn it off. You don't have right. to. But the, but the reason you feel the pressure is because that's what you learned. And you're referring to your past experiences. You know, when you were a little kid and you wanted to do really well because you had all your family watching you and you felt, the, you, you felt this pressure, you, you, you felt that. If you never felt that, if you never had that experience, you wouldn't have the pressure of comp competing. Although the whole industry supports the fact that there's pressure there, but there's really, it's, you make it all up yourself. Right, they, they come up and says, you put the mic in your, in your face and say, do you feel the pressure? So what they do, they just told you, you're supposed right. to be feeling pressure. Yeah, the other response is no. Yeah. You know, just get it out of your mind. <laughs> yeah, get it out of your mind, you know, you know, or you ask them a question. That that always floors right. me. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. What, what is that? What pressure are you talking about? Uh, uh, you know, well, competition pressure. Where does that come from? Oh, you know, that it's, it's pretty, it's pretty amazing. Now, uh, you know, people listening can say, yeah, 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 but I always feel it. Well, you always feel it because, you know, you had an experience and you learned it because you didn't know what competition pressure was when you were three minutes old after you were born. No. You had to learn that somewhere along the way. So all these experiences that you've gathered, you've learned and picked up somewhere. So put it this way, I, you can, but that's what is, makes like target panic so different. You might have the same symptom. Like let's say you have a uh, little hesitation in your release. Right. And you're, you know, you're, you're, you want to, you want to execute, but then you keep, keep, keep putting the brakes on. Right. So you got this little bit of a hesitation there, hesitation, hesitation, hesitation. Now two people can have that same thing, but the reason for it can be completely different. And one guy might be able to solve it with some bail drills or holding, holding on your target or, you know, just holding and not firing and doing some kind of exercise like that. And that might have worked for him, but when the other guy tries it, if it, the reason is completely different, it's not going to work. It's going to have a different outcome. I had one person who did have a little bit of a hesitation when he released, and it was really an interesting story because the hypnosis that I do is what's called regress to cause. And we go back in time to the first time they felt that experience. And he went back to a hayride when he was eight years old, he wanted to talk to a girl and he couldn't talk to her. And that's, the, that's where the hesitation showed up. So he felt that hesitation feeling. And, and you, you say, well, what's that got to do with archery, right? Well, he really wanted to talk to the girl and he, he was just too scared and that hesitation showed up, right? So that feeling got locked in his mind because he was eight, he was eight years old. Now, 
he, um, when he shoots his bow, he wants to hit the middle. He, it's also something that he really wants. He wanted to talk to the girl. He wants to hit the middle. Okay. It's the same, it's the same feeling, but that feeling triggered that hesitation <clears throat> when he couldn't speak with her. So, and then once we cleared that up, we cleared that old memory up. Now he doesn't have any hesitation in his release anymore. It's gone. So, it, so it archery definitely works. <laughs> yeah, well, archery problems are life problems. You know, your bow, your bow, it's, I mean, I think it's an amazing sport. I think it's an amazing sport. I mean, it really does help you master yourself because the mental game, you can't avoid it. You're going to run into it. Everybody's running into it, you know? Right. You just can't get away from it. So, yeah, even though I can, you know, teach you and all that and start teaching, you know, the back tension release, you're not actually pulling the trigger or anything. You're, you're, you know, you're pulling through it and your mind quits focusing, you know, that's, that's what you got to keep. And that's what you help us keep in your mind of all those bad thoughts and limiting thoughts in your mind from coming out and, and now you know what you're supposed to do, but yet your mind says do something different because you're well well, you 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 know, all those thoughts that come pouring into your head, okay, they all have an origin. There's a reason for all of them. And what I do is we find out what that is and we let them go. We release them, we let them go. And then once you do, you don't have to battle with those thoughts because they're not there anymore. So that's kind of how this works. And why I think it's a great, it, you know, it's really a great tool for, for archery if you really want to get, you know, good at it. And if you have a, I mean, I, I know people that come at full draw and once they get, they drop their sight picture into that target, they can begin to shake. You know, they'll get a shake in the front arm or, you know, and if it's not a neurological problem, it's, uh, there's a reason for it because that moment is triggering this is triggering an old event where that person shook you know because the body gets rid of stress by shaking that's why if you see if you find somebody who's in shock they're doing this they're shaking i'm holding my right. hand up i'm holding my hand up for people who can't see us and shaking so you, your body shakes and that's the way it, it it dispels that trauma tries to shake off the trauma right so if your shot is reminding you of an old trauma, you could have a shake in your arm. So, it, so it's I really thought about it that way. <laughs> yeah, so that it happens like that. No, I mean, there's a lot of neurological issues and neurological problems, especially if you're an older archer, you can have neurological problems that are linked to focus, which you'll get a tremor in your foot and then that, that'll travel all the way up your body into your arm, you know? And then you, you start shaking or, you know, blood pressure will do it and all kinds of things like that. You know, that also can make you have that kind of reaction. So you never know what it is. But with, with me, I always check with, my, with the people that come to me. It's like, uh, I, I, I have people that come to me and just say, oh, well, I, I, get, I drop onto the, onto the center and then I, I hold low and I can hold three inches under the target like a rock but I can't hold on the middle. Now that often is a form issue. You know, it's often a form issue. 
back shoulders up too high, bow doesn't fit, draw length's wrong, peep is too high, you know, that all can lead into that, right? So I'll ask them basically, okay, send me a video of your shooting, you know, and then at least I can rule that out just by watching, them, you know. And then the other thing I have them do is I, I say, okay, I want you to put another dot. I want you to put a dot at three o'clock and a dot at nine o'clock. And they're worth zero. They, they mean nothing. And I see if they can hold on either of those two dots. And if they can hold on those two dots, but when they go to the middle where it's important and it drops out, then you know it's a mental problem. Yeah, that's that, that's a good point. <laughs> yeah, there's there's ways to diagnose it, you know, to because, because if it's a form issue, they can't hold on anything. They're always going to hold low. Right. You know, if it's a if if it's in their body, you know, if it's in their mechanics or their setups wrong or the bow doesn't fit them, you know, for sure that can that can do that, you know. So. Uh, you know, and then drifting right or left. I've had guys that drift right. Or left. I had a guy from like uh, Missouri or Mississippi call me and he's like, well, I think I have target panic. I keep drifting. I keep drifting to the left. And I said, OK, well, change your feet, you know, <laughs> change your feet. And just, you know, I said, is your stance parallel? And he's like, yeah. I said, OK, open your stance up. He didn't call me back. So I think it did the trick. So, yeah, it, it's all what it I know one of the things we used to do in um, when I was on rifle team in high school is we would get on target, close our eyes, you know, inhale, exhale, you know, and, and go through that, open our eyes. If we're not on the target, our body's in the wrong spot. So then I would shift. And, and I do a lot of the same thing in archery. You know, it's like, okay, draw back on there. I'll close your eyes, relax, now open your eyes. You're still on target? No. Well, your body's wrong. Change right. your body position and, and get in there. And that fixes all the form issues. Now, if you can't hit it, um, you know, then there's there's something else going on. And that's where, well, like, you can help. Often people don't, the, people are running programs like they don't deserve to win. And sometimes yeah. they have those programs in their minds. And they will start a tournament and the first five targets will be, you know, be awful, horrendous. But once they can't win, they can't miss. They don't miss every, you know, they just kill it. The rest of the rest of the thing, but they already, they're already out of the game. So um, your subconscious, its chief job is to protect you. That's its chief function. So, but it'll do that by, by avoiding certain things. Like if, like simply, if you don't like to be the center of attention, there's people that hate to be the center of attention, right? Well, if you win, you got to stand on a podium, right? And people are going to be like, oh, you know, great job and all this. And then people hate that, right? So your subconscious was, will be like, well, we won't let you win. So you don't have to feel that feeling. We'll just spare you that, you know? So there's thousands and thousands of uh, reasons why things happen, you know? And there's generally a story behind it. There's generally something that's in your mind that keeps you from performing at your best. So basically, all, all we do is we find what that is, we let that go, and then you don't have to deal with it anymore. So once you clear out all the roadblocks, then there's nothing to stop you. Yeah, I'm, I'm learning a lot, you know, okay. listening to you already, and and it's it's you know quite uh, 
uh, quite a journey. And, and we've talked about mental aspects in archery, you know, a, a few podcasts back. Uh, but this kind of brings it to, you know, the next level of, you know, what you need to do with, you know, with the mental thing. And if you're having problems, don't just look at your form, you know, by something that you're doing. And I know there's times when I've been down to the range and wanted to shoot, get down there and, and uh, I'll shoot five arrows and don't feel right. And, and, you know, I might shoot another five or so don't feel right. Then I just quit because something's, you know, something changed, you know, I want to go down there and shoot, but then something's in my mind just holding back from doing it. And it's like, okay, stop and reset. now what you just said is really important you should walk away because you can shoot everybody has a certain number of arrows that they they're good with you know oh i can shoot 60 without a problem but when i get up in 70 my form starts to break down so don't if you want to expand your uh your arrow count just do it a little bit at a time don't go in some folks go okay well if you want to be a real wild you got to shoot 400 hours a day you know and you got to train 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 but if you're not capable of doing that you could shoot and and have a great you know couple ends or a great round but if you keep pushing it and you start to get uh bad or your your form starts to break down and everything it erases all the good stuff you did right it's, it's really, it don't shoot crap is basically what I say. Don't shoot crap. Don't shoot crap because that just messes up all your good stuff. So always be, you always kind of have to be kind to yourself. You can't, there's times when you can push yourself, but other times you really just got to be good with yourself. You got to be like, okay, this isn't working today. I'm not going to record bad information to put into my mind by shooting terrible. And then all you're going to have to do is shoot another thousand hours to get rid of what you just learned, you know? Right. Yeah. We learn, and that, you know, it becomes habits. You've got to do it, you know, right. You don't want to great times before you get good at it, you know, where it's just muscle memory. You don't think about it. Right. But you don't want to ingrain a bad, a bad shot. You don't want to ingrain that bad shot in your mind. You don't want to do that. So only positive, good input, you know, is what you want. Good arrows, good shoots, good execution, all that good stuff. You're always going to have, you know, a miss or something like that. And you learn from those misses. You know, there's a lot of information when you miss, probably even more than when you hit the center. You're probably learning more when you fail. Right. But, but um, it's really important just to just keep it as clean as you can. So... And um, failing is, that's okay. You know, and there's, there's the difference right there. You know, I know people who can, you know, not miss at practice, but when they get into a competition, nope, it doesn't work, you know? So what's the difference? You know, what's the difference? Where are you, where, where are you located? Nebraska. You're in Nebraska. So if you shoot an, a, a shot, an arrow in Nebraska and you shoot an arrow in Vegas, what's the difference? as far as the bow and arrow care nothing nothing right that's the way it's supposed to be but you know when people go to vegas for the the biggest shoot they say oh my god it's so crazy and it's so hard and it's so unnerving and all this other stuff i'm like yeah but again that's that's you making that up you know that's not real so 
Um, but also things change too, because when you're in practice, you have the, the top score your arrow can be is a 10 or an X or whatever. But when you right. get into a competition, the top score is a 10 or an X or whatever, but the value of the arrow is more important to you because you want to win, right? So right. That, that, that raises the bar, you know? And, when, and then that, that, that little bit of that raises the bar is what screws you up, you know? Or, or you know, you, you shoot your practice ends and you're feeling good. Then you, okay, this one's for score. And then all of a sudden you got a flyer. I'm like, and you're like, well, how did that happen? Oh my God, what? I don't feel any different. How did that happen? It's because this sport, there's there, every little subtle thing changes the chemicals in your system. And those yeah. chemicals can move your arrow, you know? So it's amazing, yeah. amazing sport. I, I love this sport. I know a lot, lots of times I say, you want, you want some practice shots? Nope. I don't need practice shots. I don't get the practice shooting a deer. Right. First arrow counts. It's like, okay, first arrow counts. You know, there is no practicing. I practice is before you get to any kind of a, a tournament or hunting, you know, that that's you developing your skills and, you, you know, such so your, your just muscle memory going through it. And when you get to the, an event or hunt, it's like first arrow counts. I don't need any practice. Right. The only thing that can change is lighting. You know, when the lighting changes, your impact point might change a little bit too. But, but you know, but like you said, you know, that's it, what's good about hunting. You know, it's like every arrow counts. It's like, and you, you're not going to get the do-over. You're not getting a do-over, you know? No. No. So. Now you do need to kind of warm up your muscles a little bit, but other than yeah. that, you know, when I was, yeah, when I was skating, we would do some warm up just to get the muscles warmed up, but we weren't really practicing. It's just getting the muscles warmed up and loose and relaxed. And, you know, and that's, you know, that kind of stuff. That's why you go through the motion of shooting a few times because, you know, warms the muscles up, but there, I think it'd almost be just as good, if not better to go up close to target, shoot your eyes closed there's no pressure where you hit it's just muscle working the right. muscles yeah and you got you kind of have to you know the older you get you know stuff if you're sitting in a car for a long time you get stiff you know and yeah. that and that that you got to kind of work out that stiffness you know so for sure so you do need to warm up absolutely warm-ups are really important breathing is really important too with shooting, breathing is everything, you know. Uh, if you can focus on your breathing, keep your breathing consistent, you'll you'll pretty much be consistent with your shot, you know. But people, uh, like I'll teach, when I teach kids, I'll give them a, a breath sequence as they draw back the bow, you know. Draw back, get full anchor, blow, blow half out, settle find the deep spot the the bottom of the breath and at the bottom of the breath you're very calm and execute your shot right there that's what i always taught my my students and uh and that that works it also gives you something to focus on a little bit you know so it helps right it helps right. and it does there is a peaceful place but if you hold too long your your body gets started by oxygen and then you you're everything you panic go into the panic when you hold too long so or you can breathe while you shoot but you got to be careful with the compound when you do that 
you know, because everything matters, every little, and especially right. shooting a gun, same thing, right? When you're shooting at, you know, what, 800 yards, uh, you know, your breathing's really important, right? Right, right. So even, even the, how much, you, you know, the amount of pressure it takes to squeeze the uh, trigger is a big deal, so. So, I mean, I do pretty much, I, I do all sports. I get a lot of pitchers. I get a lot of tennis players, gymnasts, equestrians. If you fall off a horse and you can't get back on, it's, it sounds like a cliche, but it really happens. You know, you get kind of scared. You don't want to fall again. So I help people with that. So I do all kinds of things like that. Yeah, there's, it's just, uh, you know, you go through so many different things. And, and like you said, you know, you got to, uh, go through and just you know figure out why it is that you you know you're not focusing on it you know i always say if you know if you're not having a good day you you have to relax to shoot you have to clear your mind because you got to focus and and if your mind's not clear you're not going to shoot you're just wasting your time yeah. you know, I, I always figured if you shoot go out and shoot 10 good arrows as a is much better than going out and shoot 50 bad arrows yeah no absolutely you're absolutely right and what I try to, to do is, you know, on indoor shoots, I, I tell my students, leave, leave your life at the door. Leave it at the door before you walk in. And I try to give them that mental picture. Just leave it all there. It's going to be there when you're done. You don't have to think about it. It's going to be there when you go back out. It'll be there waiting for you. But just leave it there and then come in and just try to, you know, just get into what you're doing. So and focus. Yeah, I, I heard a, a story one time. These guys going going home, you know, at work. They work together and and you know having bad days and stuff. And and the guy was going home. He has this branch. He always touched his branch branch before he went went inside the house. And he asked him later, "What are you doing?" He said, "Well, I'm leaving all my troubles outside." You know, and he goes inside. His troubles out the outside. And by the time he goes back, it's like he's not going to pick them back up. He left them outside and went inside and. And that's kind of like, like what you just, just said. It's like, yep. leave your troubles outside. You know, if you're having a bad day when you're going in, just touch the door frame. Say, okay, all my troubles are there. They're gone. They're outside. They're not in here. Now, a little practice like that can help you tremendously. Can really be, help you tremendously. You know, you can, um, you can do that. You can do, do those kinds of exercises and they're really, really good. So especially with, uh, you know, competitions, especially with uh, that. And even in, with hunting too, you know, the, the bat, you know, most people, most hunters I talk to, they just like being in the woods, you know, they just enjoy, yeah. enjoy being in the woods and away from everything, you know, their phone's off, they're up there, they're, they're, you know, just tuned in, they're tuned in to everything happening around them. They feel, they can feel the sun getting lower and the winds change. They're just tuned in. And it's such an escape that they just enjoy it. They love it, you know? It's like fishing isn't really about catching fish, you know, so. Yeah, yeah, as you pick that up, it's like the time a buddy of mine was out fishing and and uh, he was in the back fishing. He did a lot of bass fishing and, and I'm at the front and I say, you know what? I just want to sit here. I didn't even put the hook in the water because i'm i was afraid a fish might actually get snagged on it i just <laughs> want to sit there you know i was enjoying just sitting there out, out in the out in the boat doing nothing and and you know i didn't care if i caught a fish because i was just enjoying sitting there and 
had the same thing too. You know, we're out in the tree stand and 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 you're listening so intently to what's going on, and you hear a leaf falling. I don't know if you ever heard of those, but it's kind of interesting when you can hear the leaf falling. You look over, it's like, ah, oh, leaf's falling. Yeah. Yeah. Who would who would think you could hear a leaf falling in the well, air? Well, we 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 are so distracted by our tech and by everything, you know, and the world runs at a pretty high clip and a fast pace. So, and we're always running somewhere, you know. So we kind of uh, lose. We get so adult we get so um, polluted by all that stimulus that we can't notice those things unless you get out there and do it, you know, which, and it's just so rewarding. So rewarding. So. Yeah. I, but, I know one time I, when I had my store, I was just busy, busy, busy. And I, I got out hunting and, 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 you know, the first like three or four times I went out in that season, my mind's just racing what I need to do at, at work. And then finally I was able to relax and, and enjoy being out there, but it took, you know, three or four times to, to finally get relaxed enough to actually enjoy being out there. And, you know, up to until then it was, it was, you know, I, I gotta, I gotta do this. You know, I can't enjoy where I'm at. And you mm -hmm. finally relaxed and it's like, oh, okay, now this is the bow hunting. I'm, I'm, I remember. So just like you do things to keep your health good, you know, just like you exercise and everything else, you really got to take care of your mind too. You know, you got to take the, you got to leave, you got to at least carve out a little space for yourself just to be calm and, and relax and decompress, you know, because if you're, if you're always running high cortisol and super stressed out, your whole life's going to reflect that. So, but hypnosis is good. It, hypnosis helps on all those fronts, you know, depending on what you want to deal with and, you know, whatever, whatever behaviors that shows up, whether it be, you know, an archery thing or, or <clears throat> anxiety or even smoking or <clears throat> drinking too much, or you have a habit you want to kick, you know, those kinds of things, they're all, they're all really great to, uh, be addressed with hypnosis so but it's amazing for archery absolutely amazing for archery so you know and i know there's a lot of people out there that uh, you know they might they may think oh it's it, it has something to do with my past and and that's a little hard to believe but honestly it, it 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 all comes from somewhere if you're feeling a feeling it's probably because you felt it before you can have a, you know, you can have an event that happens to you. Actually, you know, I get a, a lot of people that have trouble are like pros that were doing really well and then had to stop because they had kids or something. And then they came back to it. When they came back to it, they really had, they either had target panic or they were having just, just trouble doing what they used to do. And I, and I tell them, stop doing what you're used to do. You're not the same person. You know, right. you're, you're a new, you're a new person. So start, start fresh, you know, start over, you know, don't forget about what you have, what used to be. If you're trying to shoot like you used to, you're living in the past. You're not in the moment and you got to be in the moment when you do this sport, you have to be in the moment. Yeah. Cause the only thing counts is the, the arrow you're shooting now. Right. That's the only thing. It doesn't matter how many, how many medals you have. It's just the arrow you're shooting right now. Exactly. That's all that matters, you know, and it's, it's about 
being in the moment. And I look at I look at archery as a uh, kind of a performance art. You know, you're creating the shot. You're giving birth to the arrow. You know, so you really want to be. You don't want to influence that arrow at all. You want, you want it to be as pure as possible. And that's kind of where I come from with this, you know? And all I want you to do is, is shoot from a pure space, you know, which is the name of my company. So pure space hypnosis. So, so just unload, unload what's in your mind and let it, you know, it doesn't matter. All that matters is that shot in that moment. And you want to be in that moment because that moment's just like being in the woods, listening to the, the, the leaves float, float down to the ground. You're in the moment, you know, there's like so much there. It's so rich. So you might as well enjoy it. Yeah. Now it's like, you know, and, and people say, well, you know, if you got $20,000 on an arrow, one arrow, you got to shoot $20,000. If you hit, you get 20 grand. If you miss, you lose it all. They're like, well, that's a lot of pressure. No, you can't think about the money. You just got to think about the shot. That's all. And then I, I have so many people who, who are trying to get their 300, their first 300. They're at 299, 299, 299. And that last arrow, they say it's really, really hard. I'm like, why is it really hard? You just shot 59. You just practiced 59 times. This one should be the easiest. Not the hardest. Right. So. I, I know when I was on a rifle team, we had, you know, the, the perfect scores, the 100 score, you know, in, in prone. And uh, you're you're not really looking at all of them. You're just shooting each one individually. And uh, I, I I never got the, the 100 score. I'd get 98s, 99s. You know, it's just there's always always something come in and you just, just missed. And now you got to realize that our 10 ring, you take a little straight pin. The head of a straight pin was our 10 ring. And, you know, we're shooting our nine ring was the diameter of the 22. So you can't be off by more than, you know, half the diameter of a 22. And, and we're, we're doing that nine, 99 times out of 100. We're doing that. And, you know, we're, we're shooting 10 targets, you know. So, um, you know, that meant that you hit nine out of the 10 perfectly in there. And then that one, you, you might have missed by, you know, 30 seconds of an inch, you know, but that's, that's all you need. And you're down that fine. And, you know, same thing with shooting, using archery, you know, it's just, you, you got that center. You just focus on that target. You don't think about what you've done before. Right. You know, unfortunately, with archery, you can see how you did on the one before. <laughs> well, the funny thing is your subconscious kind of score, even if you're, even if you're not scoring the target it still knows, you know, right. You'll, you can walk up to four. If you have four targets, you can walk up and you know who won that round just by a glance, you know, who won that round. Right. Your subconscious does kind of keep score because like you said, you'll keep hitting that 298, 299, 298, 299. Even if you're not keeping score, you're still hitting that 298, 299. So something something knows what the score is, you know? So, right. but your, but your subconscious often does, you know? So, and it's like a world record, you know, most, most of archery and getting really good at it is knowing that you can do it. And like, you'll get a world record and it'll, it'll, 
someone will break it. And then all of a sudden two other people will break their, that record. Like it, it sat there for five years unbroken. Then one guy breaks it, then two other guys break it. And then, yeah. you know, it, and it happens these little clusters. It's all because you can, you, if you believe you can do it, you can do it. So yeah, and that has to be there where it's not a reality. So you have to know. And that's why I think archery comes down to trust. I think it's more about trust than control. I think you work through control and then you get to trust and you just have to trust and believe yourself, believe that you can do it, you know? And if you do, you can do it. So, but. So what would a, a typical session kind of look like, you know, if you're trying to help somebody through a problem? Normally, first things first is we do like a phone consultation and I see if you're pretty much a candidate for it, okay? Because there's some people that aren't candidates for it. Um, and then let's say you seem to be a good candidate for it. The first session will be two hours long. And, and basically for the first hour, 45 minutes to an hour, we're talking about whatever problem you want to clean up. And then I'll go into... I'll explain the whole process and how it feels, what it feels like. And there's a lot of misconceptions out there about hypnosis and what it is. So um, I basically let you know what you're going to expect. And then we start the session and, this, and the hypnosis will take about an hour, you know, do. Um, and uh, and we, we basically, we start with whatever, you know, Let's say you had a bad tournament. We'll start with that bad tournament, you know, and what happened during that tournament. We'll start there. And then I'll take you back to whatever that feeling was that was getting in your way. We use that feeling and we go back to the origin of that feeling. And we find out when it, when it happened and then we clear it up. And then we double check, we double check it. And then uh, after the session's over, I usually say, Give yourself a break for three days get behind your bow and see what happens and then we'll see we and then whatever happens then you know then we'll deal with whatever showed back up you know so sometimes it's if they're anxious the anxiety will be much much less but it might still be a little bit there and if it is we, we they come back in and we take care of that a little bit so that's kind of what it looks like you know um, do you have any other questions? No, that's, that, it's, it's definitely not a quick fix. That's for sure. <laughs> well, it, it's, it's quick. If you think of, if you compare it to like therapy or, or sports, sports, uh, you know, uh, some kind of sport therapy, you know, because hypnosis, you can get rid of a problem in, in an hour. Mm -hmm. But if you go to therapy, you might take 10 years. Oh, yeah. So, so you know, so it's, it's, it is, it's very surgical because you're getting right, you're going, you're bypassing the conscious mind, you're getting right into the subconscious where the, where the problem lies. And then we, we make some adjustments there. So you kind of narrow it down to, you know, what, what problem and, and you kind of help them bring out as, like, okay, here's what I was thinking. Here's what causing it. And then just kind of work through and, and say, okay, here's the underlying um, 
thing that's causing it. And then you can, once you bring it up, you can address it and, and deal with it. Right. So, so if, if let's say you have a problem that in your past, let's say, um, okay, let's say there's like, I had, I had a person who had terrible target panic and she had, she just didn't believe in herself. Okay. And so since she didn't believe in herself, she never thought she could do it. And she'd always get anxious about it. Well, it turns out we started with that and went back and I kept going back to her older sister. Her older sister, you know, was great. And then one day she had a sister, you know, this little girl comes, you know, all of a sudden she was the center of attention. And then next thing you know, she had a sibling. And of course, little kids need a lot of attention. So right. she got pissed off that she had a little sister. So she tortured her little sister, telling her, oh, okay, no, even if she did something right, no, that's wrong, that's wrong, that's wrong. Now that little sister looks up to her older sister because, you know, her older sister's like a god to her, you know, and everything her older sister said is gospel, you know, and she just took it to heart. And so she believed that she could never do anything right. So we had to go back and clear up all that old, all that input that her, her older sister gave to her. But you don't have to do it all. You just have to do the first moment it happened. Once you take care of the first moment, then the rest of the stuff falls down like dominoes. So it doesn't matter about all the other experiences that happened after that. That initial, that initial uh, moment is what is key. Because that initial moment is what's holding all the, the, the whole problem in place. That's what makes you stuck is that first, that first moment. So I know this is sounding a little abstract, you know, so, but, but that's pretty much how it works, you know? So, so, um, so then, yeah, so that's pretty much how it works. Uh, but you have to understand if you're clearing up an archery problem, you're also clearing up a life problem. So if you're anxious behind your bow, you're probably anxious somewhere else in your life too. Yeah. A lot of anxiety is situational. So it, it, you need a specific, like you could be completely chill. The guy's mellow as, as anything, but he gets on a plane and he freaks out, you know? So, you know, that's, that's like situational anxiety, right? So um, you can be very calm and then just feel anxious behind your bow. That happens all the time. Hey, I, I have guys come to me because they're okay if they shoot at a target with a hole in it, but when there's no hole in it, when it's a fresh piece of paper, they get anxious about that. So just sim something simple like that, you know, but that all can get cleared up. But how do you fix something when you don't know what's broken? You know, it's right. pretty hard. To do. It's pretty hard to do. It's like, oh, why do I freak out when, I, when there's no holes in it? You know, because we all know that if you have a hole in the middle of your target, a lot of your arrows are going to find that hole. You know, they're going to keep going towards that hole, you know, because it's a dark spot out there and your and your brain kind of sees that dark spot, you know. So uh, but when there's no holes, it, it's it, they get they panic. So that happens, too. I mean, there's so many different things that can that happen with people behind their bows, you know, so. But I hope that this sheds some light on why things are happening. Archery does not create 
target panic. It's, 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 it brings what's inside of your mind to the surface. And that is also self, you know, that is, that is also self-mastery because you want to clean the junk out of your subconscious because your, your minds want to operate better. So you, you want, you want to do that. You know, that's all about getting good at something. Your, your subconscious knows, oh, he wants to shoot better. Well, we got this problem. Let me put it in between him and his sport that he loves. So he, he deals with it, you know? So that's kind of what, what goes on. So it's, you're, 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 you're perfecting yourself. You're perfecting that shot. You're perfecting that moment, you know? Yeah, so if somebody wanted to get a hold of you, how would they get a hold of you? Well, first you can go to purespacehypnosis.com. That's my website and all my contact information's there. You can either call me or email me. Um, chances are, if you email me, I'm gonna ask you to call me because people, people throw these broad questions out to me and I'm not gonna type in three hours, you know? So, no. <laughs> so I, I, rather, I rather you just, you know, give me a call. And we can get to, you know, we get into why, you know, whatever's happening is happening. So, you know, and all that phone consultation stuff is free and stuff like that. So, and you can call me pretty much anytime. If I don't pick up, I'm usually in session and then I'll just get right back to you. But if you do, you can call me at 732-406-3498. And if you do that, just leave your time zone, you know? Just tell me where you are, you know? So I can gauge things by accents, but I'll, you know, but that doesn't always, that's not, full, that's not foolproof, you know? And phone numbers, you could live in Brazil and then move to, you know, down the street and your phone number still says Brazil. So I don't know where you are, so, you know, so. It, it's not like when you had the old landlines that, you know, each area code was a specific part of the, the, the country and, you know, each prefix was per certain part of the town. Now uh, you can live anywhere and still have, a, you know, like I'm a 402 area code. Uh, I got friends that live all over the country. You know, they're using a 402 area code because they never change your cell phone number. Right. They don't know, change why? <laughs> why? Why? You don't have to. And the other thing, that's a hassle because you got all your contacts. You got to change everybody, give everybody the new number. It's hard. It's hard to do. So. Not like when you had to remember the numbers or write them down. The phone didn't know. It was just pick it up and dial, and you know they'll dial phones, and and it rang at the other end, and and yeah. you know so. I, I knew matter. all my I knew all my friends' phone numbers by heart. I can't remember anything now. So. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's but, the way it goes. So. But yeah, yeah if anybody's so, interested, I'll have them get a hold of you and and you know talk to you, and if they're having a problem you know, definitely look at it. You know, you can enjoy sport much more when you have, you know, that the, the mindset right. And, you know, we can well, fix your form, but the minds that that's where you come in to help get the two together. Right. And, and there's not a lot of, you know, there's not a lot of resources to fix your mind out there. There's just not, you know, but the most important thing is, you know, if you, sh if you took the sport up because you loved it and it was really fun and it, and it's become a lot of work, and hard uh at least that i can help you get back to that point where it's fun again you know and you can enjoy it so it's a great sport and i hope you know this 
helped or if there's more specific, if some of your people in your group want to know specific things, they can either call me or reach out to you. We can do this again. We can, we can talk about something specific. That's fine right. too. You know? Yeah. And if somebody's got a specific one, you know, we can have them on the podcast too. And we can, you know, talk sure. into a little bit more stuff and, and, sure. and, you know, just maybe somebody else is having the same problem and, and we can Absolutely. Help solve everybody's. Yep. And, and, you know, and don't think that what your problem is, is unique because there's a thousand people having the same problem. So, you know, you know, it's just like, uh, a lot of a lot of archers are behind their bow and they're having these problems. They're trying to work them out, but they never tell anybody about it. You know, they just right. like uh, they just don't they don't say anything. Or why? Because either they're embarrassed or they don't want it to sound stupid or they think it's it's something that sh shouldn't be talked about. You know, I've I've had I've had students that I've seen for like four months, and and the kid said. I, I asked him something specific and he's like, oh, no, no, I don't hold the center of the target. I always hold low. So I, I just adjust my sight. So the arrows hit the center. And I'm like, why didn't you tell me you can't you can't draw down on the center of the target? Never. He's just I don't know. I don't know. And I was a young kid, but he just never told me, you know, and I'm like, OK, well, we can fix that. So if you tell me you, we can fix that, you know, you can't see through their eyes what they're seeing. So, no. And I always tell them the only dumb question is when you haven't asked. Right. If that's a question for you. Guaranteed somebody else is thinking the same question, just afraid to same, ask it. Same damn thing. And they're afraid to ask it. Yep. So there is no stupid questions. Absolutely. Right. You know, you know, because we all we can learn from everything, you know, everything, everything we can learn from. So and every and each other, too. So you, you don't want to, you, you know, it's an individual sport, but you can also learn from someone else's mistakes and what they're doing and what they're, you know, but we got to, we got to talk about it. We got to communicate. It, so. Right. I know. And there's, there's so many people out there and, and, you know, we've talked about it multiple times, just about every episode. It seems like that, you know, um, an archer will have somebody and, and they probably go up and ask somebody. It's like, well, why wouldn't you just ask me? Yeah. You know, you know, if you're having a problem with something, you know, if they're actually in the middle of doing a shoot, you, you may right. not want to ask them while they're actually shooting when they're done or something. But, right. you know, hey, go up and, and, and ask them if you have a problem. And, and that's why on my my rig that I use for, you know, when I shoot 3Ds and stuff, I have my instructor patch on there, figuring if you have a question, hey, says I'm an instructor, ask me. You know, yeah. I'm not going to go up to you and say, hey, you're doing this wrong. Now, you know, but if you're struggling, having questions, you know, I'd be glad to help, you know, that, that's kind of why I started the Facebook group and, and this podcast, you know, to and, help out archers. And, you know, for the most part, most archers will go out of the way to help you too, because they're good people. You know, they'll all, they'll all be like, oh, yeah, you know, yeah, well, you know, I've come across that and this is what worked for me, you know, and, uh, and there's so much to it. There's so much to tuning. There's so much to fitting the bow right. There's so much, you know, the form, like I said, form can be learned, but, you know, you know, as long as it's repeatable, you know, your form doesn't have to be perfect as long as it's repeatable and it can work right. for you. You know, I, I just got done watching the Vegas shoot and some of the top people I would say 
oh, that form doesn't look quite right. But you know what? It works for them because they're 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 put, they've got three holes in the paper. You know, they're shooting that their arrows the same spot every time. So right. you know, so it all you know it's all it's all good. So yeah, it'll be consistent and it'll be consistent. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, there's techniques that we can help you with that makes you a little bit easier to be consistent. But, you know, and a lot of people get so too, you know, caught up on, well, the bow has to be tuned perfectly. Well, an out of tune bow is going to shoot the same every time. Look, I <laughs> back when I started, I had a compound bow. They were not anything like the compound bows today. Those things were so unforgiving. They were, they were, you know, 40 years ago. I had a, there was no D loop on my bow string. It was on the no. release. The D loop. Yeah, I remember was on, those. <laughs> you remember those? Okay, yeah. you remember, right? So, you know, it was a completely different animal, you know? So, and now they shoot so much better, but people put down good scores with those bows. Right. You know? So it's not necessarily, and, and a lot of the other thing is, Sometimes uh, an archer will have five releases in their pouch and they're, they're shooting. And once they start to punch, they'll switch releases. Right. right. And, and, you know, and they're managing their problem. Right. But five releases is a lot of money. Right. You know, that's a lot of money. Right. So why don't you fix the punching problem and let that go? And then you can shoot any damn release you want. You know, you don't have to, you don't have to have five. One will be fine, whatever it is, you know, so. Yeah, when I go hunting, I have three releases. I have my handheld that I use all the time. When it gets really cold, I go through a strap, but then I have another handheld that I have just kind of as a backup. Um, it's not near the quality of, of my main one. Uh, I can shoot it okay, but, you know, it have to feel more movement. But, you know, hey, uh, there was time when I actually, dropped my main release off the tree stand the and, tree and now stand. it's like okay i got another one with me i could just grab the next one and, and go you know i can shoot it and when it gets really cold i go to the wrist strap because then i can have more of a glove on my fingers i just need the index finger out for my handheld one i need it pretty much all my fingers need to be open you know my hand needs to open here so basically the glove would just cover the back of my hand and part of my fingers you know about all the glove does you know, but when it gets really cold, I'm not grabbing, you know, here in Nebraska, we get some pretty cold weather. So it could be, you know, easily single digits. I don't like to hunt in those cold weathers, but, you know, I don't want to grab that below freezing release with my bare hand. And, you know, yeah, so I go to the other one. But, especially if it's aluminum. Right, right. You know, that there's, look, you know, those carbon bows are so nice because they don't get cold, you know. Right, yeah. I, I'm, I'm surprised they haven't made carbon releases yet, to be honest with you. I don't, do they have them? I don't know if they have. Not that I know of. Somebody in, in the, the group may know. Um, that's something I might have to take a look at and see. If I can see, you know, they make any releases not out of aluminum. Yeah. But, um, yeah, temperature is a big deal, you know, and, you, and your fingers get stiff when they're cold and everything. So... And a release is a very personal, personal thing. You know, it's very personal right. and it's, it's, but you know, you want to be able to let it operate the way it wants to and where it needs to without your mind getting in the way. So. Right. 
So like I said, it's purespacehypnosis.com, okay? Purespacehypnosis.com. And just, you know, just go there, give me a call, and we'll, I'll chat about anything. I love talking about archery, so, I'll, you know, it's no big deal. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like, man, it's something I can talk about all the time, and it's kind of obvious now, I, you know, I, this is podcast number 75, and and he'd been doing this a little over a year now, and I went from once once a week coming out, so now they come out on Mondays and Fridays on the podcast, um, and I go live into the Facebook group, Arch Talk 101 Facebook group, every time I do them now, so uh, you get them, Brandon, whenever we schedule a live, it goes in there, but the podcasts come out just twice a week, and also upload in my YouTube channel, so you can watch them there, but they come out after the podcast, but, you know, hey, if you want to get these live and communicate with us, join the group, and, uh, um, you know, you're more than welcome to make a comment and we'll pass it on. And, you know, if we have any comments in the chat, you know, we can always answer those as well. But, you know, if you want to get a hold of Joe, you know, if you're having a problem and you can't find anybody to fix it, you know, get a hold of him at Pure Spaces Hypnosis. And, you know, that's that's going to help solve your problem. You know, can't guarantee you're going to solve every problem, but, you know, it sounds like you solve most all of them that you're going to have. Now it's um, if it's a mental thing, it can be it can be rectified. If your mind is flexible enough to do it, it'll it'll happen. Sometimes people like to hold on to their problems, and then that becomes a little bit harder to get rid of them. But other right. than that, other than that, you can uh, you can pretty much get rid of what you thought was impossible to get rid of. So. And it's interesting because you've realized where it all comes from because you're fully conscious. Like I said, people don't understand hypnosis. People think that they go to a hypnosis and they lose their free will. And you're actually getting your free will back if you come to me. Because if you can't shoot without feeling anxious, then you don't have the free will to do that. But I, I'll help you get it back. So I know we're running tight on time now so yeah yeah i just um yeah pure space hypnosis you know for those that uh aren't listening if you're watching you know i'm going to um take it to pure pure space hypnosis let's take a look at at the site here and and you can see you know here's here's the site this first time i went here but there should be you know everything you need to know Right on here, let's scroll down and see. You know, here's here's some of the things that he covers. You know, anxiety, depression, fear, phobias, sexual well-being, sleep disorders, insomnia. A whole bunch of I'm not going to read them all. It gives his phone number down here. Uh, and, and if you go to the blog, if you go to the blog, if you go up to the menu bar and hit that. Yeah, the three the, the three little lines. Oh, whoop, 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 yeah. There we go. I'll go to the blog. Blog. There we go. Going on the okay. blog. Now, scroll down on the blog. Keep going. You're going to. Uh, it went to. You see now. You're going to see. There's tar There's articles on archery. There's lots and lots of articles on archery, and archery problems from, you know, right. how not to punch, competition jitters. There's clicker clicker panic. For the recurvers, they get clicker panic sometimes. Right. There, there's 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 a whole bunch of articles there. So 
Oh yeah, that that's a good resource. I'll I'll leave a link in here to the website and in the description for the podcast, as okay. well as on the YouTube channel. So if they want to go there, and if you're in a Facebook group, you know, just go ahead and um, uh, message you directly, and then get in contact with them. Okay. Yeah, and I'm on Facebook too. I Pure Space Hypnosis. Uh, I got a Facebook page also. So okay. So, yeah, right. that, that'll be good and. Uh, uh, let's let's go ahead and end this here now. So any any parting thoughts before we go? Um, don't be afraid to ask. That's that's my parting thought. You know, and no matter what it is, like I said, a lot of people will shoot their bow a certain way, and they think that well, I just do it like that. That's the way I do it. You know, they they may be punching and they can't stop punching and they just decide, well, that's the way I do it. No, there's always a reason for everything. And, right. and there's always a fix for everything, too. And so you can um, you can get, you know, some people perfect punching, you know, uh, command command shooting. But generally, they have to have a lot of weight on their bows to do that, you know. But if you're an older guy, you can't have all that weight on the bows. That that just goes away as you get older. Your bow gets lighter and lighter. So, you know, it's harder and harder to hold them up. <laughs> it's harder and harder to hold them up. So, um, you know, everybody has their ways of shooting, and sometimes there there could be adjustments made to those ways, and it can make make the whole experience a lot more easily enjoyed. So, I guess that's my parting comment there and uh like i said just reach out give me a call i'll, I'll help you out okay sounds good uh, my name is rory canterbury uh been your host today on earth chalk 101 and we've had uh, joe Crisanti from pure space hypnosis so if you enjoy that make sure you get a hold of him and he can help you go through some of your problems